Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us today for another episode of Reconciling Grace. This is Pete Vecchi. I'm one of the associate pastors for West Carrollton Church of the Nazarene. Our panel today, as it usually consists of, consists of the same four people, myself, Steve Wilson. Steve is a author, a author, how about an author, mm-hmm. and a uh, computer game programmer. That's what I was going to get to. A graduate of United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio. We have Mick Wells with us. Mick has been with Wells of Salvation Ministries since 1980. He is one of the co-hosts of the Cross Connection radio program. And we have also with us one of the associate pastors for Countryside Church of the Nazarene in Lebanon, Ohio, Vicki Cundiff. And Vicki is going to be leading our discussion today on the topic, Count the Cost. So Vicki, what have you got for us? Well, you may have heard the phrase, Chase after the American dream. Anyone ever heard that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, acquire all you can by whatever means. Um, acquire money, acquire possessions. And that person seems to be always striving for something new and something more, um, never seeming to get enough. You know, they get something and then they're not satisfied. And some say they're doing it for their family. Uh, but is that what they're really striving for? And so that's what we're going to look at uh, today. And so I came across this song by Casting Crowns. Uh, it was written by Mark Hall. He was lead singer of Casting Crowns. It was on their debut album uh, in 2003, which, you know, I love that album. But I heard this song recently called The American Dream. And uh, it's such a good uh, song. It uh, really discusses or takes this subject about chasing after the American Dream. It uh, addresses it very well. So we're going to discuss the verses and the chorus and, and how this applies to the scriptures and to our uh, everyday life. And so the first verse says... All work, no play, have made Jack a dull boy. But all work, no God, has left Jack with a lost soul. But he's moving on full steam. He's chasing the American dream. He's going to give his family the finer things. And so what do you think some of these finer things are that he wants to give his family? Material possessions. Just, I mean, it depends on what family, his family particular likes. I mean, if you're a... uh, Golfer, you want to get all the best golf equipment. If you're uh, a skier, you want to get all the fun skiing equipment, all the musical equipment, whatever it might be. There are various different things that that it can be for everybody. The bottom line is, you know, maybe it's a big house. Maybe it's a, a wonderful sports car. Uh, I know, Vicki, you don't like cars at all, do you? Oh, I love my Firebird. <laughs> <laughs> I hang on to that. He's yeah, 22 yeah. years old. Right. <laughs> Anyone else have any thoughts on that? You know, we all know we need a house, but, you know, you kind of get the impression like it has to be this big monster-sized house uh, of something that he wants to give. What about experiences? Okay. You know, Dad, can I have money to go do this? Can I have money to participate in that? And uh, it all takes money. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. It does. Yeah, I've seen Think of all the electronics that you could get. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen um Students, so there's a lot of peer pressure to dress a certain way, to wear certain kinds of clothes, um, hang out in certain places, go to certain schools, etc. So perhaps uh, the fellow 
who's out there earning these things considers that uh, the American dream that if that if he doesn't do that, he's less than a dad or something. Yeah, it could be. But you know, it has a cost, doesn't it? He obviously has the money uh, to buy these kind of things for his family, maybe to buy them whatever they want. But what is it costing him, and what is it costing the family? In the verse, next verse, he says, Not this time, son. I've no time to waste. But maybe tomorrow we'll have time to play. And then he slips into his new little BMW and drives farther and farther, farther away. Because he works all day and tries to sleep at night, he tells him, meaning his son, he tells him things will get better, better in time. So what is this verse saying to us about the situation? Well, I can't help but think about the uh, old song, is it by Harry Chapin, Cats in the Cradle? Mm-hmm. And uh, it sounds a whole lot the sa- a same, similar situation, maybe not the same situation, very similar situation. And uh, just putting all these things before the family when, honestly, Kids probably don't want things as much as they want the uh, knowledge of the love of their parents. Now, I know that I'm going to sound a little bit sexist here, maybe, but, you know, I've heard Dr. Dobson talk about the fact that, generally speaking, and again, this is in general, this is not every, every man as opposed to every woman, but men in general just have this... this uh, innate nature about them that feels that they want to provide and they feel that they are not being a good dad or a good provider if they don't get everything that they think that their kids or their family should have. And so a lot of times they get so hung up on on providing that enough is never enough. Okay, that's a good point. I think this shows... uh that the person's perspective is is skewed they may not realize it they may be under an illusion that they're doing their family a favor when they're when they're really depriving the family of something non-material which is more important yeah the line that sticks out to me is things will get better in time you know he's he's obviously thinking well you know i'll work real hard now and then you know I'll, I'll get the house, I'll get the, I'll get us set up so that then later we can have time to play. Uh, but the thing is, things don't work that way. Mm-hmm. No. Right? There's don't. always something else to work for. There's always that next goal. And uh, Pete, you were talking about men being providers. Well, I know that men are also uh, very committed to certain things. They kind of get in a box where they want to achieve and so the next goal will always be there. Just as soon as you kind of work out and you're getting close to the first goal, men start thinking about, okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. And notice that he had a brand new BMW, so he wasn't just buying for his family, of course. Uh, those are good points. Um, something that I noticed, too, about not spending time with his son, sadly, he seems to see it as a waste of time. He said, not this time, son. I have no time to waste, but maybe tomorrow we'll have time to play. And you kind of mm-hmm. you kind of think, did you say that out loud <laughs> to your child? I have no time to waste today. And so he seems to be consumed, doesn't he? Yeah. And uh, these empty promises, like you were saying, Steve, you know, I need a little more time. You know, and I wonder how many times he said that, you know, mm-hmm. more time. Because it, it goes on in another verse that he kind of says that same thing. Um, but another thing there is... Um, 
he says things will be better, but he says that he drives farther and farther away. Now, he's, they're talking about the car, but metaphorically, he's talking about he's farther and farther away from his family. <laughs> and so that's what happens, isn't it? When you're never home and you're, you're out, in this case, striving to work and, and bring home uh, money to buy all these things and then not there for the family, as some of you have been making that point. Um, but he, the next verse says, His American dream is beginning to seem more and more like a nightmare with each passing day. Daddy, can you come to my game? Oh, baby, please don't work late. Another wasted weekend, and they are slipping away. Because he works all day, and he lies awake at night. He tells them things will get better. It'll just take a little more time. So time has not made it better, right? (laughs) Um, As Steve had pointed out, uh, he's doing the same thing. More time goes by, he's doing the same thing. Uh, over and over again, obviously working long hours, rarely home, chasing after these possessions and things and trying to get the next thing. But notice there it says his American dream is beginning to seem more and more like a nightmare with every passing day. You know, sometimes maybe we have done this or we've seen other people do this where we get caught up in something and we realize it's not good for us, it's not good for our family, but maybe we just continue to do it anyway. And uh, this could mean working too much, or it it could even mean behavior that we know needs to change. And so the question here then is, so why why don't we correct and change what we know is wrong or not healthy for us or our relationships? And I say that to say, because in the song, obviously they had been talking to him about this because he's saying, I need a little more time. I need a little more time. So what do you think? Why does that happen? Do you think he believes that? That he needs a little more time. He may be just under a, a false impression. If he really means it, then he won't recognize it as a matter to be corrected. Um, that's just the, what came to mind. That's a good point. I wonder if at this point he's working to maintain what he has. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he's he's gotten to a certain level uh, in his job. Maybe he's. Uh, kind of acquired a social status, and now he's got to maintain because if he doesn't maintain, then he looks like a failure. Yeah, right. He goes down in status, mm-hmm. and so that might be kind that, of his uh, his fear yeah. right now. That's a good point. That could yeah. be what drives him. I'm thinking a little bit too about what you said uh, in your previous comments, Steve, about the uh, the being goal oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish I could remember who it was, but it was a very very rich person who was asked. Um, how much money is enough? And and the basic answer is a little bit more than you have. (laughs) And honestly, that kind of goes to that whole goal-oriented thing. It's like no matter how much you have, if you are looking to stay at a certain income level or a certain um, have certain stuff or whatever, what you have is never quite enough. You always want a little bit more. You know... um looking at this verse here in the song, he says, um, his family is slipping away. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking this, uh, this man who's working, he still has the emotional need for his family. He still has that need to connect. I mean, he might be ignoring that need. He might be putting that on the back burner. But what he's doing by letting his family slip away is he's creating a void that then he's going to try to fill in a negative way. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. If he's not getting that emotional connection from his family, 
he's going to try and find it somewhere else. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to be too happy because in both verses, um, he lies awake at night or it says he can't sleep at night. And so if you got all this stuff going on and you're, when you go to bed, it just runs through your mind constantly, doesn't it? So he, you wonder if he's really happy in what he's doing, uh, but he keeps pursuing it. And maybe, maybe too, he doesn't want to lose the money or if, circumstances are different people don't want to lose the enjoyment of whatever it is that they're doing or like you said steve he's trying to keep up he's trying to maintain um the lifestyle uh, that he's chosen but i think that he probably sees that it's going downhill but you know he's not doing anything about it well you know we have this old work ethic in the united states you know work harder and you'll get more and you know it's just one of these things pull yourself up by your own bootstraps if you work hard enough you can attain anything including the proverbial american dream Mm -hmm. and that could just be what this person is doing trying to find out how to earn that american dream and we talked about um, time slipping away from him as we do this. Well, you know what? Time is slipping away from us as we are heading into our break here. So we need to take our break for our sponsor, and we will be right back. We're back with Reconciling Grace, talking about counting the cost Vicki Cundiff has been leading our discussion. So, Vicki, what's next? Well, as we continue in this song by Casting Crowns, The American Dream, uh, we're going to go to the chorus now. And the chorus says, So he works and he builds with his own two hands, and he pours all he has in a castle made with sand. But the wind and the rain are coming crashing in. Time will tell just how long his kingdom stands. And then in the last verse it says, He used to say, Whoever dies with the most toys wins. But if he loses his soul, what has he gained in the end? I'll take a shack on a rock over a castle in the sand. Now he works all day and cries alone at night. It's not getting any better. Looks like he's running out of time. Because he worked and he built with his own two hands. And he poured all he had in a castle made with sand. But the wind and the rain are coming crashing in. Time will tell just how long his kingdom stands. And then in the tag of the song... It's uh, repetitive. It says, all they really wanted was you. All they really wanted was you. You know, we've all likely heard that phrase, whoever dies with the most toys wins. But there's a huge cost for chasing after money and possessions, isn't there? A a loss. And in this song, it seems to imply that he has lost his family because look what it says there. He cries alone at night. And so this Mm -hmm. has gone on for a while, and now he's lost his family. Um, so what do you think their family life was like? Let's try to look into what this family went through, what the emotions that they may have felt, and what things may have went on that caused this breakup of this family. So a woman can only take too so much, right? She can only kind of be there waiting for this guy, her husband, to give her the attention that she needs before she, and especially if she's a non-Christian, is going to say, you know what, I'm going to go find what I need somewhere else. You're not available to me. I'm going to go find someone who is. And uh, the kids, you know, if if dad's not there for them, they're going to stop counting on him. Mm -hmm. They're not going to look for him to be there. You know, the point was made in some good points of what drives a guy and what he feels like. And for a woman, that's exactly what she wants. She wants love and, and attention. 
mm-hmm. and she's not receiving that, obviously. Anyone else have any thoughts? Well, I was thinking that uh, I think what's really important here is the, uh, the person's motive and how his family perceives it. And uh, let me draw a small analogy if it's not a rabbit trail here. Um, my dad grew up in a Depression-era home, and there was very little work, very little income. My grandfather used to work all week in a furniture factory. He'd work on weekends to be paid with. At, at He was at a slaughterhouse, and he would come home. His pay was a hog's head where they would make bacon and things out of it. Dad's father was out of pocket a lot, but the family would have had nothing, would have starved unless he had put forth those efforts to provide for his family. And he was appreciated for that by his family, even though the effect of not being available and so forth was was basically the same as it is in this song. And, you know, God looks at our heart. Uh, where we stand with God, I think, is uh, comes first. And then God sees our motives, our good intentions, our godly intentions to provide for the family. I just throw that out there as a counterpoint because I, I've seen that and heard it uh, through my own family. Um, it, it really in those circumstances would require the understanding and and proper perspective and support from the family recognizing the sacrifice that's being made not in the sense of of greed because uh, clearly that's what this song is is about that we're featuring today but i was looking at luke 12:15 said then he said to them and that's jesus speaking watch out be on your guard against all kinds of greed a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions, and yet we are responsible. Uh, in fact, we're worse than an infidel if we don't provide for our family. So there's kind of a, a balance there that needs to yeah. be seen. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to find is the balance of what we need. And it's okay to get what you want you know, as well, but not to the point where you're destroying your family. Um, I would think that they would feel rejection. Uh, if no time is being spent with them or little time uh, is spent with them and all that alone time uh, that you would have and wanting to spend time together. And it can cause people to feel unloved, you know, and, and unwanted. And that's a terrible feeling. But I do want to interject there that even if someone makes someone feel unloved, you can know that you're always loved. And God loves us, of course, and we can know that. But also, sometimes we can get wrapped up into the person that may be treating us that way that makes us feel unloved. But in that case, counteract it with knowing that God loves you, but also think of all those people uh, that do love you. Because um, you know, evil forces will try to make us feel that way and try to attack us in that way to, to defeat us. And so we need to overcome that uh, by thinking along those lines. Um, but obviously, this wasn't uh, a good situation. So the loss for him was great. You know, he kind of told himself he was doing it for them, uh, but he really wasn't. And I think the scriptures uh, show the truth of that. So let's go to the scriptures. Pete, you said you would read Matthew 16, verses 24 through 26. Sure, and And these these are the words of Jesus. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world? 
but lose your own soul. Wow. Verse 24, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Do you think Jack was being selfish? And if so, how? So you're talking about being loved and how his family would not feel that, that he was loving them. And uh, I'm reminded of the five love languages, uh, the idea uh, proposed by Gary Thomas. And when I read that book, I was kind of reminded that the way some people express love is not the same way that other people receive love. So if, uh, for instance, he was someone that felt love when people gave him things, when people gave him gifts, uh, he might think, well, the way I express love then is to give gifts, is to provide materially. Uh, but he wasn't being sensitive to the fact that that's not what his family needed from him. Uh, they needed to be uh, have love express them in different ways. Yes, they did. What strikes me is that this is a character in a song. So I don't know if this was a person based on a true person or if this is just a character. And what Steve said is absolutely right, that everybody is different. Everybody shows love in different ways. Um, things like that. You're talking about, was he being selfish? Um, we don't know. You know, what? what's the biggest thing is to me that selfishness is the essence of sin because it's our own selves saying we want our way instead of God's way. So if he was not going God's way because he was doing what he thought was best rather than seeking God for what God thought was best, well then, yes, he was being selfish. Well, I kind of have a strange opinion that most Americans will not agree with me on. Uh, but I think maybe a key for me to his selfishness was if I say he's driving a BMW. Mm. Okay. Uh, well, he wanted nice things. Did he need that much? Did he need that expensive of a car? No, he didn't. So to me, um, I'd say he, he's working too much to get things that he doesn't need. But, you know, I think in that situation, you would have to be aware that you were hurting your family. You know, you live in the home with them. Well, they probably didn't tell him. Well, you know, hey, Dad, will you play ball? <laughs> will you play with me? And I don't have any time. It's a waste of time. You know, it's the kind of things like that. Um, but, you know, they also sing a song, Casting Crowns, that says it's a slow fade when you give your heart away. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. But how, you know, this seems to be like that slow fade. This is probably just something that just kept happening over and over again. And just reading between the lines, it seems that uh, when he kept telling him, I need a little more time, that the discussion was happening. So he knew what was going on around him is how I see it. But he just kept striving after this and doing the same things. And to me, it looks selfish. You know, when you want to buy your expensive new car and all these things, and you don't want to spend time with your child, you know, playing with him or uh, or do anything like that. It, it just seems to to be selfish. And all of us have to learn when we come to Christ and, you know, learn to do something about our selfishness and, and, and give that over to God. But um, he kept saying that, you know, things were going to be better in time, but he kept making promises that he wasn't keeping. And, you know, you can get to that place where you don't have faith and confidence in that person anymore especially when they keep promising something over and over again and they don't give it. And, and that's, I just think that's something really terrible to do to a child because that just kind of breaks their spirit in that sense um, that they don't want to spend time 
uh, with you. But I, I really think he was doing it for himself. I think that, you know, you guys have made good points as far as, as a man and how he views and providing for his family. And that is a big thing that that men feel, you know, and I, that's what's great about this is sharing the men's views. And I've shared a little bit about the woman's view uh, on that. I think that's a, a great thing. But uh, obviously, he, he liked having things or whatever was driving him. And I think uh, the point of the song basically is that, you know, these things aren't worth it. You know, spending time with your family and having relationships uh, with your family is far more important because if you're going to be gone all day and night and in your home to sleep and you're off doing it again the next day, in my mind, you have to know that that's not right, you know, that you're, you're harming uh, your family. Um, well, you know, Mick said something earlier. He used a word that I was going to use if he didn't, and he used it perfectly. It was balance, mm -hmm. because there are times when you have to work harder than you would prefer to. Right. There are times when you might need to suffer the little children, as Jesus said, suffer the children to come to me. Sometimes when I'm dealing with children for a long period of time, I have to suffer them because um, it's, it's not so good on my nerves sometimes. But there's a balance because not everything is always going to go perfectly. But again, we need to seek God in, in looking for that balance. Right. I agree. Well, Jesus said in the verse, he said, uh, if you hang, try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. And so chasing after these things, trying to fulfill your own human desires will cost you your soul, basically, is what he's saying there, plus the trouble that you're going to gain uh, in this earthly life. But he did say, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? So from this passage of Scripture, 24 through 26, in verse chapter 16, what is Jesus teaching us from this passage? In other words, what does it mean to take up your cross and follow him? The key there is that what was the cross for? It was death. And the scripture is clear that we are to die to self in order to live for God. That's right out of the book of Galatians. Wasn't it Paul too who said, I no longer live, but it's Christ living in me. I mean, he's like a thesis sentence. The things that we do, our values need to be pointed back to why we're living the Christian life. Right. Well, this song made a reference to the man building his house on a castle made with sand. And so, Mick, would you read the scripture from Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27? And this is a summation of Jesus' teaching from the Sermon on the Mount in chapters 5 and 7. He wraps it all up by saying this. Jesus said, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And so Jesus is the foundation, isn't he? He's the solid rock of our faith uh, and our hope for eternal life. Uh, the man from the song, he seems to be building his uh, earthly life without any thought of preparing for heaven. And so uh, there's one more scripture, Steve, if you'd read it, Luke 6, 46 through 49. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, 
It stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. So we can see that God gives us instruction in how to live and what to value in this life. But he also lets us choose what we believe and how we will live. And if we choose Jesus and live the righteous life he's called us to live, then we're going to gain eternal life and have a better life on this earth. The cost of not following Jesus is too great. We lose our soul and we'll live forever in hell instead of in heaven with him. And so choose Jesus and choose life. This has been Reconciling Grace. Join us again next time as our panel discusses biblical truths centered around the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ.